gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go once again against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards and college football. Well, we've only got one game to talk about on the card this week, that being the famous Army-Navy football game, which will be, by the way, our college football game of the week breakdown. We've also got the National Football League in full stride as we enter the final four weeks, the stretch drive, if you will, of the National Football League season. And, Victor, right now it's quite a good time for us here at the Playbook's offices because we're busy getting the college football bowl stat report in place. And with that, we've got a lot of great information that's at our fingertips at our disposal with all these college football bowl games, the pairings and the teams and whatnot. And the first question I want to ask you, Victor, is with the college football playoffs, did they get it right? What was your opinion? Did they get the final four teams right? I would think so. I think they got the four-team bracket right. Alabama is the clear number one. They're going to be, of course, playing in the Peach Bowl against uh, Washington, which was uh, a little bit semi-controversial, but probably justified, if you ask me, as the number four choice. Maybe the only thing against them being the fact that their non-conference schedule was so weak this year. Clemson, legit number two. Uh, They'll be playing number three, Ohio State, in the Fiesta Bowl. Buckeyes, mildly controversial inclusion, but uh, that would be definitely versus the folks who think that conference championship winners should automatically be in the four-team playoff. Of course, Penn State and Michigan, number five and six, left out in the playoff cold. But they're still both the teams are still destined for a nice, cushy bowl game against a quality opponent, and it definitely could be worse. But if you ask me, they probably got it right with the four-team playoff. I think the biggest gauge, Victor, in asking yourself whether or not they got it right is to look at what would have happened had they made something a choice other than what they did. If Michigan had been in the polls or the Final Four or if Penn State had made the Final Four, we would have had a whole lot more controversy, I can guarantee you, than we do right now. I mean, the talking heads would have gone crazy talking about the justification of Michigan making the Final Four, Penn State making the Final Four. And I think when push came to shove, the bottom line is we have four teams in here, one undefeated, three with one losses. Everybody else has at least two losses other than obviously right. Western Michigan. But everybody else that was in consideration has two losses. That, I think, made the decision really simple for the college football uh, committee. But, you know, it being what it is, ESPN, the networks, the talking heads, you know, that's something to talk about. But I agree with you. I think they did get it right. And the fact of the matter is the four most deserving teams will be playing for the college football playoff championships, of which I'm really looking forward to. I think there's some great pairings inside of all the bowl games this year. And talking about the college football bowl games coming up, Victor, three teams at least right now, when we're doing the broadcast, there'll be maybe more by the time the end of the week comes, and I'm sure before the bowl games kick off, we'll have new head coaches. Uh, they'll be playing with uh, assistant coaches running their football programs because there's been three major hires in the world of college football this past week, and I think they were all terrific hires by the coaches. 
The first being uh, Purdue. They hired Jeff Brom from Western Kentucky. They didn't have to go too far geographically to bring Brom into the program, but this program needed an infusion in the worst of way, and he'll bring it at least offensively. The games will at least be exciting with right. that offense that he, that he runs at Western Kentucky here. So there'll be a lot of points on the scoreboard in those Purdue football games to watch. The other, the hire by Matt Rule at Baylor, and Matt Rule, we can't laud him enough for the terrific job that he's done with Temple both last year and this year. The interesting thing to me, Victor, is that uh, the uh, the style of play that he runs, he's first and foremost a defensive football coach. I mean, his defensive numbers are outstanding. And in fact, no team in college football held more opponents to season low yardage marks this year than did Temple. So well, how will he fit into the Big 12 equation? That remains to be seen. But uh, I know one thing, he'll be recruiting some uh, athletes that are a lot more talented than, than Temple had. And the third hire was Oregon in the surprise hire of Willie Taggart, who did a terrific job at South Florida. And I think that's an A1 hire as well. Your take, Victor, on these three coaching football hires and anything else that you might see coming down the road as far as new possible college football hires go for the 2017 season. I agree that Brome brings some great offensive chops to the Purdue Boilermakers in a conference where you're going to need to score to win, definitely. Uh, 10-3 Western Kentucky, 8-1 Conference USA Championship, and in fact, that was our King Creole Conference Championship over of the year was the Western Kentucky game uh, on Saturday. Nice. 102 combined points in that <laughs> game, and... If you're an over-under player, there's nothing more enjoyable than betting the over, watching it on TV, cashing it before the third quarter even ends, and that's as enjoyable a betting experience as you can possibly get. So we uh, commend him for bringing home our last college football win of the regular season. Uh, Rule, you bring the, the, the fact that uh, he's got the defensive chops, AAC title, number three defense, in the entire college football world this season, allowing only 276. How will that translate to that high-flying Big 12 conference? Who knows? We may have a second good defensive team now in the Baylor Bears to go with the surprising good defensive West Virginia Mountaineers. And Willie Taggart, we've talked about him being a Florida fans and South Florida fans here. And the job that he did in his four years, he took that program at South Florida from 2-10, and 10, to four and eight, to eight and five, to ten and two this season, and his offensive numbers also equally as awe-inspiring. Four years ago, 257 yards per game on offense, to 305, to 442, to this season, 515 offensive yards per game under Willie Taggart, number nine in the country, and the Bulls averaged 43.6 points per game. All three coaching hires making great sense and uh, good stuff to talk about too. I think, uh, yeah, but down the road, we're going to be between now and the end of the football season here. There'll be new college football coach hires that are going to be made. One question here, Victor, uh, with regard to rule. And I, I caught this comment when Kirby Holcutt was talking about uh, the justification of the final four teams and the teams that didn't make it. When he got to Oklahoma, he talked about their defense. And usually you won't find uh, a member of the committee 
pointing out flaws to college football teams other than perhaps scheduling conflicts and things like that. But when you're talking about a mechanical flaw being their defense, the fact that they don't play any at Oklahoma, nor does the conference play defense, I think he's a great hire for this program here. And that's what the Big 12 needs. They're going to have their first conference football championships played next year. And if defense becomes a factor inside the Big 12 conference, we just might end up seeing a Big 12 team in the final four uh, pairings. And one other coach here, note here, I want to run by here, Victor. I know the Houston uh, Cougars are going to be, uh, well, you know, the, the Tom Herman's gone, obviously, from that football program here. But Art Bryles is out there, and there was rumors that Art Bryles may be going to Houston. And the word came down that they are not going to interview him. Uh, they want to keep, uh, they want to do things their way. And I think that they think that he might taint the program. If you were an athletic director and your football program needed a shot in the arm, and there's quite a few programs that need a shot in the arm, would you hire Art Bryles as a head coach? That's what I have to ask you. I think he's still a little bit too hot to handle these days with that scandal there at Baylor. So I kind of agree with that. I like the idea of taking a look at some of the smaller conferences, a conference USA, a Mac team. Let's look who's overachieved and really turned a program around in one of those smaller conferences and bring him in to the state of Texas. And that's where I would go looking. I agree with you. I think so too. Uh, you're going to find Art Bryles coaching, uh, perhaps if not next year, for sure the year after, because the guy is a winner. And you know whether or not uh, the restitution can be made for all the wrongdoings that happened in Baylor remain to be seen. But uh, I agree with you. I think there's coaches that evolve that come from smaller programs. Jeff Brom at Western Kentucky, these Sun Belt coaches. There's a lot of good coaching talent inside the Sun Belt Conference and in the MAC Conference as well. So we'll probably end up most likely seeing those coaches elevate into FBS top level type football programs before we'll see Art Bryles making that higher. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. With that, Victor, let's switch over to the National Football League side of things. And uh, we're down, like I said, to the final stretch drive. The final four games of the National Football League season are at hand in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. One of the things we outlined was the success the strengths and weaknesses of coaches coming down the stretch, coaches that have fared really well the final four games of the season in their career and coaches that have failed miserably in their final four games of the career. And uh, surprisingly, and I'm saying surprisingly, the best coach in the National Football League the final four weeks of the season is none other than Jim Caldwell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Now, if you look down deep inside those numbers, you'll find that he put those numbers up largely with the Indianapolis Colts, and he had Peyton Manning as his quarterback. But uh, you might want to check the Playbook Football Newsletter out this week to find out the best and the worst coaches coming down the stretch in the National Football League this season. And, Victor, I want to ask you, if the playoffs started today, you know, there are some teams that are on the outside looking in, some teams that uh, uh, we have some playoff pairings that would be that would be going head-to-head this particular week. Uh, which of these teams in the National Football League, if the playoffs started today, would be the least deserving to make the playoffs? We know some teams that have overachieved, but which of these football teams do you feel, Victor, from the AFC and the NFC side of things, are the least deserving teams in the National Football League this year? Boy, that's a great question. So we're looking at uh, teams that would potentially be in the playoffs and a team that may be not deserving of their overall record given their stats, their points for, their points against. This is a good question, and uh, we can almost tie it in a little bit to our buddy Steve Crabb, Texas Tornado. You know, each week, Mark, as you know, he sends in his most embarrassed team in the NFL, 
And of course, we got the email yesterday, and that embarrassed team would be the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> and Coach Todd Bowles personally extremely embarrassed, and he's back on the NFL hot seat. And Steve, Mark, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Steve mentions that they literally had to give tickets away at around $5 on Monday Night Football to get people to show up. So we're in complete agreement, Steve, that the NFL's most embarrassed team is the uh, JETS New York Jets off that terrible showing on Monday night. But back to your question. Here's a team. I, I needed a minute to think about it. Here's a team that is 667 on the season mark. They're from the NFC Conference. I don't think they're deserving of a uh, playoff spot right now. They may have difficulty, and it's kind of tough for me to talk about because i got to keep it on the down low here, Mark. There are two guys in our office from the state of New York <laughs> being Jeff and Gary, and I would submit to you that I don't think the Giants deserve to be an 8-4 and four team right now. If you look at their points for and points against, they're only plus 8 on the entire season. So again, that's more indicative of a team that might be five and seven, six and six, maybe seven five at the best, but eight and four. Man, I don't think so. You know, this is a team that hey, you got to give them all the credit in the world for their defensive improvement. The Giants—they've really, really improved. They were the number thirty-two defense in the league last year in the NFL. That's dead last. They've improved to number seventeen this season, but they had better improved. They spent over two hundred million dollars in the offseason on defensive players, including a couple, uh, a guy or two from our Miami Dolphins team down here. But where it is concerning me in regards to the New York Giants is that they elevated a offensive guru to their head coaching position, and he may not have deserved it, or he may not have earned it. And that would be Mr. McAdoo. This team has actually slipped on offense considerably this season. They were, they were number six last year, the New York Giants, 372 yards per game, 26.2 points per game. They have slipped from number six to number 26 this year. Despite numerous playmakers on offense, they've had a very difficult time finding a flow, a rhythm, an offensive identity this season. And again, they've fallen to number 26 this year, only 327 yards per game. Their team scoring is down a full touchdown a game as well. So uh, you may have an AFC team or two, Mark, but to me, I think the Giants are one of the faker winning teams in the NFL this season. I agree with you, Victor. I think the Giants would be right there along with the Detroit Lions on the national NFC side of things in the NFL. You take a look at the Detroit Lions. Everything I love to do is against the, uh, in the stats, how they perform on the field, where they win the wars in the trenches. Do you out-yard an opponent? Do you out-hit your, your, your opponent when you're playing Major League Baseball? Do you outscore your opponent? If you out-yard your opponent, you're winning games where it counts. You're earning it the old-fashioned way. You take a look at the Giants. You take a look at Detroit. They're both being outstanding this football mm-hmm. season here. And, in fact, Detroit has been out-yarded seven of their 12 games. Just In fact, six of the last nine games have the Lions been out-yarded. So I'd have the Giants and the Lions on that NFC list. My AFC team would head and shoulders be the Kansas City Chiefs. You're talking about a team here right now. That's uh, you know if the if the playoffs began they'd be the number five seed in the uh, in the playoffs they'd be playing the Houston Texans this particular week who would be also the runner up for me as far as an overrated football team goes of the AFC but the Kansas City Chiefs have won the yards only three of their twelve football games this year they're being outgained fifty one yards a game they've been outstanding their last five football games in a row I call that winning games with smoke and mirrors you can only do that so long. 
It came and bit the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Remember this Kansas City football team last football season here when they started out uh, so poorly to begin the season. Then they turned it around. They turned the Jets on. I think they're going backwards that way, at least in the stats this year. I'll nominate Kansas City as my most overrated AFC team. Victor, what about you? Who do you see in the AFC as an overrated commodity this year? Well, you got to mention the AFC South. It doesn't look like there's a team that really, really wants it. It's a three-way tie right now between Houston and Indianapolis and Tennessee. And of those three, the team that has been winning the division for most of the season is the team that will not and has fallen considerably, and that would be the Houston Texans. They don't even deserve to be a 6-6 six and six team. They've scored 207 points in the season. They've allowed 257. That's mighty Minus 50 overall, so we can basically, if you ask me, and I know it's going to be a nice four-week tournament round-robin between those three teams to determine who's going to win the AFC South, but for me, I got already a big X through Houston. I think it's going to be the culture of the Tennessee Titans, so I would submit to you the Houston Texans. We'll keep an eye on those four football teams Victor and I outlined as being the most overrated. Find out which of those teams do not make the playoffs this football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart that big Army-Navy college football game, that and our NFL game of the week, and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun. It's social. It's competitive. It's interactive. It's free. And it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself. Form a league. Do live chats. And get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FIREFAN.com. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. We're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football card. And it's time for our college football game of the week, the only game on tap in the world of college football this week, and a classic between Army and Navy when they get together for the season ender, as they'll do this year. Victor, your take on the military matter taking place between Army and Navy in Baltimore on Saturday. Before I attack the totals in this game, Mark, my question to you is, uh, hats off to both teams. We're both going bowling this season. Is this one of the first or only times when these two teams, of course, who end the regular season against each other always 
are both headed bowling for the first season. Do you have any stats on that, Mark? Well, this is a rare time, if you will, for Army. And, you know, the, the last time that they went bowling was back in 2010. That's the last time you'll find them bowling. And there was also Army-Navy bowling that same year. So that's as far back as we can go to find these two teams that are bowling together in tandem as they will be this year. Okay, very good. So Army, very, very well rested. They last played way back on November 19th when they crushed Morgan State by a 60-3 to score. Of course, uh, they're going to be looking to beat Navy for the first time since all the way back in 2001. The over-underline opened at 51.5. We're, we've come down almost a full field goal here. In some cases, even more than a field goal. 47 was the number that I looked at this morning uh, on Wednesday morning when we record the podcast. 47 currently for Army-Navy. Army coming in at 4-7 and over-under on the season. Navy has been one of the better over teams this season at eight and four overall 69.5 average points per game in Navy midshipman games this season, while only 49.1 points per game in army games. Of course, the midshipmen played last week. They played the temple. They lost in that game uh, under went under covered by an easy two touchdowns by 15 points. The over-under line was 59.5 in that AAC game versus Temple, and both teams combined for 44. Prior to that, however, Navy was on a very good over-run, 6-1 to the over in their last seven prior to last week's championship game. And we mentioned the fact that there have been a lot of points scored in the Navy games this season. Well, you got the number 35 offense. They're averaging 456 yards per game. Number 18 scoring offense. Scoring at a 39.1 point per game clip for Navy. Army not, uh, not quite as good. Number 68 overall offense at 408 yards per game. And number 63 scoring offense averaging 30 points per game. On defense, the two teams do differ. And this is, if you ask me, one of the main reasons that Army will be bowling this season is the fact that they bring the number five overall defense into this game in the country very, very good, allowing only 290.3 yards per game. And the number 14 scoring defense. Army is holding opponents to less than 20 points per game this season. Navy, no, not so good on defense. Number six, uh, 86 on defense overall. Number 81 on scoring defense, allowing 30.4 points per game. So, obviously, like we talk about almost every season on this podcast, Mark, it's under or pass in this game. And how can you buck or go against the series history in which each of the last 10 meetings have indeed gone under the total? That kind of makes sense here. We're talking about service academies. They don't rub it in when you're playing against your brother. They don't run up the score. Uh, both teams are going bowling. No need to necessarily potentially impact uh, with injuries, so I'm not surprised that the under has gone a perfect 0 and 10 in the last 10 meetings. But mm -hmm. I am surprised by the margin. The average line in this series 51.6, average score only 36.7. That means the average Army Navy game in that 10 year period has gone under the total by more than uh, two full touchdowns, 14.9 points per game. And none of those 10 games had more than 48 points, which is just about our number in this week's game. So 
Uh, Army Navy this week, it's either play on the under, pass on it. As a third option, we may, again, potentially consider what we've talked about in the last few weeks, and that would be an underdog and under teaser in this game as well. But again, uh, in terms of uh, over-under, we're not going to buck an 0-10 over-under, and we're going to look to go low when Army plays Navy this week. Another low-scoring Army-Navy football game, Victor King from King Creole Sports with a lot of powerful past history and current performance stats supporting that under total in this football game. Army, one of the most improved teams in college football this year, a two-win team last year, makes the bowls this year. The better team, obviously, is Central Florida, who was winless last football season and made a bowl game this year. But kudos to Army for a great job they've done this year, and they've done it all because of the stat performance. You take a look inside the stats, they've improved their offense eight points per game. They're 70 yards per game better offensively this year than they were last year. On the defensive side of things, nine points per game better and 87 yards per game better is Army this football season. And along with Louisville and Ohio State, this is a bar bet that you'll win every time. Name the only three teams in college football this year that have been able to score 60 or more points in three football games this year. You can say Ohio State, you can say Louisville, and you can say Army this football season here. They enjoy the benefit of a triple bye, three weeks off for Army, whereas Navy comes into the contest with no rest off of that crushing championship game loss to Temple that denied them an opportunity to play in an FBS New Year's Six Bowl game. Navy comes in here on a 14-game series win streak. This is a matchup of the number two and number three rushing offenses, as Victor hit on earlier in his observation here. And when these two teams have met in football games in the series, when Army has had a win percentage of better than 444 in the season, Navy is just four and six straight up and against the spread in those 10 football games that they've done this. I'm going to play Army plus the points in this football game. And one of the main reasons is if you take a look at one common opponent this year, that being Temple and what these two teams did against Temple, Army wins and covers and beats the Owls, out yards them 344 to 251, whereas Navy loses, fails to cover, and was out yarded 388 to 306. I think everything is all the momentum for Army in this football game. I'll play them plus the points, along with Victor's undertaking the football game for my side in the Army-Navy football contest. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. And what a beauty we've got on tap, a potential NFC playoff game when the Green Bay Packers take on the Seattle Seahawks. We'll tear that game apart and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code PlaybookKing. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code PlaybookKing. That code again is PlaybookKing. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code PlaybookKing. Now at FireFan.com. 
Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our National Football League Game of the Week on tap here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. And as I mentioned, we've got a beauty on tap, a potential NFC playoff game when the Green Bay Packers host the Seattle Seahawks. Victor, your take on this big showdown game in the NFC this Sunday. I'm glad you selected this game as our NFL Game of the Week because I have got a lot of ammo behind this particular play. And before I get into it, Mark, i got to talk about the totals tip sheet, our second straight sweep in the last two weeks, 3-0 last week, 3-0 the week before that, we got out the broom again. And the tip sheet, I got to tell you, folks, it's hot. We've gone 13-2 and now over the last five weeks. At one point in the NFL season, we were a middle of the road, 12-12. and And now we got the tip sheet up to 25-14 and ATS on the season. We are in line for potentially our best season ever with the totals tip sheet, best bets, and we're very proud of that right here, right now. We do realize, however, we got unfinished business. We want to finish the NFL regular season on a strong four-week run. And I think we're going to do that. But uh, by all means, check out this week's issue of the Total's Tip Sheet and the Playbook Newsletter and the Midweek Alert Newsletter. And as you touched on in the beginning portion of the show, we're even working on our fourth publication right now, the College Bowl Stat Report, which will be out next week as well. But into the Packers-Seahawks game... And it's our lead play in the tip sheet this week. We're going to let the cat out of the bag, and we're going to go under the total. And we're going to advise you to get your play in as soon as possible. The line open at 46.5. It's still 46.5 as we record the podcast on Wednesday morning, but it's showing signs of going down. And, you know, when we, when we bet NFL totals, uh, one of our big five rules is the fact that, hey, Play your overs as early in the week as possible. Play your unders as late in the week as possible, and that is generally speaking. But there are some times in which you do indeed want to play your under early as well, and that would be lock in your unders as early in the week as you can in games that will be at cold weather sites. Now, you saw the snow flying in Green Bay in their game against Houston last week. Snow's on the forecast again this week with some winds as well. So there's absolutely no way that this Seattle Green Bay game, the over-under line, will go up at all. So 46.5 is the highest the line is going to be all week long. Again, we advise you to get your play in as soon as possible because you could very, very easily see a line that goes from 46.5 to 42.5 once they kick it off on Sunday and you'll be kicking yourself for missing out on a four full points of value. 
And this is going to be a low-scoring week in the NFL. I imagine there will be more unders than overs. The reason for the fact that there are six to seven teams that are going to be road favorites this week. And this season in the NFL, when there's a game in which the road team is favored, the under is hit at a very high percentage. Not to mention, this is the only game on the Week 14 schedule mark in which both teams are ranked in the top 13 in overall defense for the season. The Packers have made some great defensive strides, and you know Seattle's good as well. In fact, the Seahawks are back to their usual number one ranking in terms of scoring defense. They're only allowing 16.2 points per game in 2016. And there's also no way we're going to be fading numbers like this. Seattle, when they're playing on the non-division conference road, in the last four seasons have gone 1-10 and 10 over under with an average of only 32.9 points per game. We've got, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, Green Bay has got some equally impressive stats. When they're at home against a non-division NFC opponent, they've gone 1-10 and 10 over under as well with an average of only 39.8 points per game. And our first uh, database query in regards to this game looks at how very good teams in the NFL do when playing on the road in the second half of the season. Like Seattle, the numbers suggest a low-scoring outcome is very, very possible. Game nine or greater teams who are road favorites with a greater than 700 record, and that would be Seattle, have gone 7-23-1 in the last three seasons. And just in the last 12 months alone, these teams have gone 2-11 over-under. So when you've got a very good team, with a high winning percentage, laying points on the road in the second half of the season, we always want to look to go under the total. And, Mark, that's the way that we're going in this particular game. I've got some more over-under ammunition. You can check it out in this week's totals tip sheet. But we're definitely going low when the Seahawks play the Packers. And, again, this is one of those unders that you're going to want to get in as soon as possible as the line is going to do nothing but go down in the next few days. Victor says go under the total right away in the Seattle Green Bay Packer football game for his side in the contest. Once again, that play from the Red Hot Totals tip sheet this week. Be sure to download your copy now inside the playbook.com store for the totals tip sheet in time for this week's NFL football games. And as I mentioned here, a matchup of two potential NFC playoff teams coming into this contest here. Seattle comes in off their big playoff revenge victory over Carolina last week, a game they wanted in a bad way, and they got it in a big way. They also come in here with revenge from a 10-point loss they suffered here last year as three-point dogs. They come into this contest here this week as favorites coming back in revenge this particular week. Seattle has fared well in their last 10 games against teams out of the NFC North, winning nine of those 10 games straight up on the scoreboard. And you talk about quarterback resumes here. We've got it in both of these quarterbacks and Russell Wilson from Seattle, Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. Russell Wilson in games against quarterbacks at one Super Bowls in his career. He's 12 and three straight up and 10 and five to the spread. And Russell Wilson in his career in games started in the month of December staggering 15 and 3 straight up 14 3 and 1 to the spread including 8 and 0 to the spread when playing on the road in the month of December is Russell Wilson on the flip side we've got Aaron Rodgers who doesn't take a backseat to anybody when it comes to playing football games as well the Green Bay Packers themselves coming in here 19 and 3 straight up 
14-7-1 to the spread in their second-to-last home game of the season. 8-1-1 to the spread when they're not favorites of seven or more points. You've got a head coach in Mike McCarthy here who shines in the month of December himself. McCarthy, 30-13 in the month of December. And, in fact, 8-1 and straight up and against the spread at home when he's playing in December against opponents that have of 460 or better win percentage. I talked about Aaron Rodgers and how well he has performed. You know his stats. He's been absolutely terrific. He, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his career, they're going toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson in this contest here. The bottom line to me in the game is the fact that you're catching Seattle here coming off that big revenge victory last week with a two-and-a-half-point lead in the NFC West division. The Green Bay Packers have a two-game deficit to make up in the NFC North. You're playing them as home dogs in their home field here. You've got a hungry home dog in Green Bay here. I'll play them plus the points against Seattle for my side in this big classic showdown game Sunday between the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time for one of our favorite segments of the show as we hop out to Las Vegas to check out the Vegas vibe with our good friend Andy Isco from The Logical Approach in Las Vegas. Andy, how's everything going for you as we get ready for these hectic holiday games? Everything has been going great except for the temperatures, which are quite low for this time of the year, but that allows me to stay inside, stay warm, (laughs) and go over these games one by one more and more and hopefully uncover a few things on about the eighth or tenth time through the rotation. Well, Andy, the only thing that could be better, I guess, staying at home on a cold day would be if you had to pet a dog, because there's no better companion than a dog for as he is is man's best friend. There's no question about that. Victor will testify to that (laughs) as well. (laughs) Victor uh, is a dog lover to say the least. How many how many dogs in the in the uh, in the Victor King household, Victor? We have three of them. We got the big Speedy, and then we got the two little dogs. Chi Chi is the Chihuahua, and Isabella is the Dachshund. There we go. Andy, any dogs in the Andy Isco household? Unfortunately, no, but I've had them over the years, and they are indeed man's best friend. Win or lose, they always light your face up. Don't they do that? They always do, and that's probably one of the reasons why I've adapted myself to dog lovers, being that I am when it comes to handicapping football games, because I'm (laughs) like you. I love love the dogs, both uh, real and when it comes to the handicapping terms. And uh, Andy, how, how has it gone overall? in Las Vegas this football season here with the sports books. Uh, in general, would you say an up or down year for the sports books this year? I would say it's been a very tough year for the sports books, especially over the past month as the public continues to do well, favorites continue, or the right favorites continue to do well. It seems though every week the uh, books are bailed out from what could be a terrible week by one huge favorite going down straight up and destroying a lot of money line parlays, a lot of teaser parlays, and a lot of straight bets uh, that have come in. The Sharps have not done as well this year as they have in the uh, uh, in in the past, and I think that has uh, somewhat uh, softened the cushion of the losses that the books have had. But as the books put it, you know, you can't get the profits without the public coming in there and uh, putting their uh, their money back over the window. So the more money they have, even though they have to recycle it, ultimately at the end of the season, the 11 to 10 is a huge factor in favor of the um, sports books. Yeah, I think it is all about volume when it comes to handicappers or for sports books, at least in Las Vegas, Andy. And, uh, you know, they can cry a little bit about uh, maybe some favorites winning and covering early on in the football season. 
as we've alluded to before in the past on the show this year. But, uh, you know, I think it's all, again, the bottom line, and the bottom line is if there is volume in the sports books, the sports books will be happy. And they were happy last week uh, when it came to the Westgate Superbook Contest as a consensus any last week. You reported was a perfect 5-0 and last week. How did it shake out, or I should say two weeks ago, how did it shake out last week, the consensus overall? Actually, the consensus had a third straight winning week, and so for the last three weeks, 11-4 and four straight up last week, 3-2 and two in the consensus uh, with the winners on the uh, Green Bay Packers over the Texans, the Detroit Lions plus the points against the New Orleans Saints, and Seattle uh, covering in a big way against the Carolina Panthers. The consensus losers last week, the Falcons uh, laying the points to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Giants getting the points at uh, Pittsburgh. So for the year, the consensus now stands at 26-37-2. Obviously a very disappointing year, but as I mentioned, the last three weeks have perhaps set the tone for a uh, strong finish amongst the consensus. We have a new leader overall in the contest, and after the last few years having contestants at this point of the season in the mid to upper 70% to lead the contest, we're seeing this year almost a new leader every week at a much much uh, lower percentage uh, of success. In fact, the leader last uh, last week uh, did not have a good week, and the current leader uh, went five and zero last week to vault into first place with a record of forty four and twenty one against the uh, point spread. That's forty four out of a possible sixty five points or sixty seven point seven percent. Uh, We're going back to the old days where 60% would normally get you in the money. We haven't had that the last few years. It's usually taken a couple of percentage points higher than that to cash. With over 1,800 entrants, they now pay 50 places. And the 19 contestants who are tied for spots 46 through 64 are exactly at 60% with 39 out of a possible 65 points. So uh, the uh, field is very tight, as I mentioned. That's a total of 64 players between 39 and 44 points with uh, 20 selections remaining over the final four weeks. Well, quite a recap here. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com telling us the leader 44-21 and 21 in the contest this year. And it uh, sort of brings back some bad memories for me, Andy, if you will, because uh, myself and my partner, we finished eighth in the contest overall last year. And uh, we were tied for the lead after 11 weeks. And we were wondering, you know, what needs to be done to uh, to improve our record moving forward here. And uh, we didn't find that answer, uh, unfortunately. But uh like you say, it looks like it's a little bit softer this year with 44 and 21 to the lead with those 70% winning numbers just not quite there this particular football season here. And Andy, would you attribute that largely to the fact that there's maybe perhaps, I know you mentioned before about uh, the tariff the, uh, that they charge for the contest here, the handling fee, and some of the, uh, maybe some of the bigger sharps didn't get in the contest here, but was it also attributable a bit, would you say, to the fact that uh, NFL favorites had done so well early on in the football season up until this point? Yeah, I think that's been part of it, and I think that there's also been a reluctance on some of the folks in the contest, whether they're sharps, whether they're quants, whether they're just uh, uh, novices in the contest, to continue to back some of the same losing teams, the teams like the San Francisco's, the teams like the Cleveland's, which continue to show up perhaps according to some power ratings to be getting a few more points than they should, but in the end, these are still very bad football teams, and they come up short, and yet uh, the money keeps coming in on the uh, uh, the due factor. Now, one thing I do point out to people in the contest that uh, are looking to uh, be in a uh, cashing position at this point of the year with four weeks to go study the schedule for the last two weeks of the season because you've got basically 
uh, almost exclusively, certainly the last week and to a large extent the second last week, divisional matchups, which will have a lot of impact on how these teams play out the stretch. You're playing a foe for the second time over the final two weeks of the season. Some teams, I believe, end the season with three straight divisional matchups. Some teams will be out of contention. Some teams will need the win. So what I tell people to do at this point of the year, start looking ahead the final two weeks of the season to be prepared to see how those teams are coming into those games. You might be able, by doing the advanced work, to find very good situations that, if you're looking over uh, the schedule with just four days before you've got to make your picks, might not be as readily apparent as if you've been leading up to those situations over the final few weeks. Real good strategy from Andy Esco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas about the final four weeks of the Superbook Contest in Las Vegas. Last week, there were no NFL division games on tap. They kind of bulked them up and uh, get them all ready for the uh, stretch run, which we're going to see a lot of division games, as Andy mentioned, coming down the stretch. And Andy, it's all about value when uh, when it comes to beating this game. And uh, any value you found, uh, perceived value, I might say, from uh, the sendout last week as opposed to what the current lines are in Las Vegas this week? Yeah, actually a number of moves uh, based upon the results of last week's games, and I'll uh, note a couple of them, perhaps uh, one of the more significant ones, the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, uh, uh, this game, a key game in the AFC South, where you've got three teams tied atop the division at 6-6. Six and six. Last week, the Indianapolis Colts were a four-point home favorite against the Houston Texans. When the game went up on the board again on uh, Sunday afternoon, Indianapolis had not yet played on Monday night. And, of course, Houston had their game earlier in the day at Green Bay. Can't take too much away from it, given the conditions in their 21-13 loss. Indianapolis was adjusted up to a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, then when the Monday night game came in and the Colts destroyed the New York Jets 41-10, to when that game went back up on the boards Tuesday morning, there was an adjustment of a full point and a half. The Indianapolis Colts opened six-point favorites on the adjusted line after being a four-point favorite a week ago. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland coming off of their bye. The Bengals were three-and-a-half-point road favorites prior to last week's action. Cincinnati then pulled a stunning uh, win. Not that it was a big upset because the game was close to pick them, but they totally dominated their game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So there was a slight adjustment in that line from three and a half, opened at four Sunday afternoon. The action came in on Cincinnati to the point where they are now a six-point road favorite at division rival Cleveland as we record this uh, uh, this podcast. Arizona at Miami, another significant adjustment in the line. Last week, Miami, a three-point home favorite against the Arizona Cardinals. Over the weekend, of course, we saw Arizona win at home over the Washington Redskins. Miami get blasted up in Baltimore. So when that line was reposted on Sunday afternoon, uh, an uh, understandable move downward, the Miami Dolphins opened a one-point home favorite. The Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. This game saw uh, this game had Detroit a seven-point home favorite a week ago. Chicago with an impressive win over a very weak San Francisco team, and Detroit pulled a very nice upset. In fact, their first double-digit win of the season with their 28-13 win at New Orleans. That game opened with Detroit an eight-point favorite, but interestingly enough, the money has come in a little bit on Chicago. The Lions down to seven and a half point. Uh, Two more games worth mentioning, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa Bay with their third straight impressive win uh, last week at San Diego. And New Orleans upset at home. Last week, this game was a pick being played at Tampa Bay. When the line came out after the results of Sunday's games, Tampa Bay a a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. And then the Monday night game, Baltimore at New England. Baltimore, very impressive last week in their win over Miami. Joe Flacco having a breakout game. The New England Patriots. 
all they did was win, and uh, they didn't do all that much. Uh, they didn't need to do all that much with their 26-10 to win over uh, the Los Angeles Rams, in which the game was not that close. Last week, New England was an understandable 10-point home favorite over the Baltimore Ravens, but following Baltimore's performance more so than New England's, the Patriots opened as a seven-point home favorite in most Las Vegas sportsbooks. Up a little bit offshore, but I think a lot of those offshore books have these numbers where Vegas has them around seven, seven and a half. The offshore books will do a lot of teaser protection by pushing those games up to eight and a half or nine. But the Westgate, uh, which is the guideline that I use for these uh, these line moves, uh, went from ten to seven, a full field goal adjustment down for the uh, what many people consider the best team in the NFL, the New England Patriots, against Baltimore Monday night. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas with a quick recap review of the moves that have happened in Las Vegas from the sendouts last week to this week. I encourage all the listeners out there to get a copy of Andy's Logical Approach weekly football newsletter. It's jam-packed with loaded information, great stats. Simply log on to the website at www.logicalapproach.com, thelogicalapproach.com, I should say, thelogicalapproach.com. Download your newsletter, or you can get a copy at the playbooksuperstore.com website as well. Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show this week as well. Absolutely, a question or a comment, and then a question for Andy. My comment is uh, one more game getting a lot of run this week. Uh, it's moved a full five points, I believe, was at one point, the Jets uh, on uh, Monday morning opened up about a two, two-and-a-half-point road favorite against San Francisco, and I'm assuming the combination of their stinky Monday night performance at home against the Colts and the Bryce Petty factor has now moved the line totally the other way with San Francisco now being favored by two-and-a-half in that game, a big five-point swing as well based on a poor Monday night performance from the Jets. But let's put Andy in the hot seat. You know, Andy, this is the... Uh, NFL coaching time of year in which we start talking about who's on the hot seat, who's going to be fired. We may not see a coach fired in the regular season, but we will certainly see a coach or two fired on Black Monday, and that, of course, being the first Monday after the NFL regular season ends. So, Andy, who's going to be? Who's going to be the first coach fired? Is it going to be Gus Bradley or Marvin Lewis or Todd Bowles or Mike McCoy? I, I would say that uh, the first uh, guy you mentioned on that list, Gus Bradley of Jacksonville, is I think all but certain to be gone. The owner almost said as much when he made those comments in midseason about you're here to produce and we judge things on production. And uh, he was very, very disappointed. I want to say that was in mid to late October and things have gotten no better. Jacksonville has not been able to take advantage of what's been a very, very good defense to put wins in the win column. Just want to go back for a moment, by the way, to that San Francisco Jets game, because uh, when you have games around Pickham, uh, you can see different lines at the Westgate. Interestingly enough, on Sunday afternoon last week, San Francisco had been a one point home favorite. That's where the game opened on uh, uh, on on Sunday afternoon after San Francisco lost at Chicago and the Jets had yet to play. They played on Monday night. They got blown out. And interestingly enough, when the Westgate put the numbers up on Tuesday morning, San Francisco was only a one-and-a-half point home favorite. They quickly got bet up to two-and-a-half, and I think that just illustrates the uh, reluctance of the sportsbooks to make too much of an adjustment for two very, very bad football teams when they, uh, uh, when they play one another. And if you had looked at this game back in September – uh, you would have expected the Jets to be probably close to at least a field goal favorite based upon how they were coming off of last year. People were giving the Jets some leeway because of a very difficult early season schedule. 
Uh, but since that early season schedule, they've not been able to greatly take advantage, although to their credit, they did play well against New England the week before San Francisco. Uh, but it just shows a reluctance on the Lions makers to, do, to not do too much in the way of adjusting games around Pickham. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, before I let you go, I know you've been on a nice winning run here of late. Last week, you had a nice call on the Giants-Steelers game under the total of the New York Jets the week before. If you would, let our listeners know what your complimentary play on the show is this week. Well, I briefly alluded to uh, this team that I'm playing against this week when I talked about the Detroit Lions uh, and their win last week at New Orleans. That was their first double-digit win of the season. I believe it was their first win by more than seven points all season at 8-4. and four, uh, The Detroit Lions with a two-game lead over Minnesota and Green Bay in the NFC North with four games remaining to be played. They've already played Minnesota twice. They still have a game against Green Bay. And this is not so much a play on Chicago, although they have played well the last three weeks. It's a play against the Detroit team that I believe is priced a bit too high, looking at the schedule. Now, through no fault of their own, the 12 games that the Detroit Lions have played this year have been against teams, none of which has more than six wins on the season. And that the best record that they've faced is Washington, which is 6-5-1. and one. They have played a number of teams that are currently six and six Minnesota and Green Bay amongst them as those teams have have slipped from where we expected them to be at the start of the season so Detroit has taken advantage and usually rallying to do so last week was an exception where they led throughout but they've taken advantage uh, to come from behind and get some late wins and have that eight and four record but the fact that they have not played a team that currently has seven or more wins suggests that laying eight eight and a half points is a bit too much against a division rival earlier in the year they went down to Chicago. They were slight road favorites in that game. Detroit does not play well on the road for the most part, at least up until that point. Chicago beat them 17-14. So this is a revenge game for Detroit, but they'll be very happy to get their revenge with a typical win by a touchdown or less. I think grabbing eight and a half points with Chicago, again, a team that continues to play uh, despite the fact that they've long been out of contention, represents a good play this weekend. Too much of an overlay for the Detroit Lions. Andy Isco says play the points with the Chicago Bears against Detroit this week as Matthew Stafford struggles to intend to the spread as a favorite in his career in the month of December. And he looks for those struggles to continue once again on Sunday. Andy, a great job, as always, once again on the show this week. I'm going to look forward to visiting with you next week here as we go over the NFL football games and the college football bowl pairings. We're doing our football playbook bowl stat report. I'll make sure I get a copy to you, Andy, in time for the bowl games as well. And perhaps maybe we'll hit on some of those games as well. I love the bowl season. I love the report you put together. There are some very intriguing matchups, and I know that you're going to have a lot to say after this weekend's Army-Navy game about that thrilling expect- the thrilling rematch between Army and North Texas, one of the three teams <laughs> losing record in this year's bowls. Andy, can you get tickets for that game? Do you think they're available? <laughs> you know, the New York Jets tickets last uh, Monday night, I saw them advertised on some of the online sites for as low as $5. You could probably pay $5 and get about an entire section for that uh, bowl with uh, Texas. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about that prospect and other college football games as well when we visit in with Andy Isco and we go over the NFL next week. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the best of luck and I look forward to chatting with you next week as well. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away. When Dicker and I come back, I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week on the football card this week, along with Victor's and my complimentary plays. And we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. 
all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan, it's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores, you call the plays all in real time while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code FREEFIREFAN. That's player rewards code FREEFIREFAN. Play the game. Fan the fire. Earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the NFL football card this week. And this comes directly from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. Our awesome angle in the Playbook Football Newsletter this week. We call it Power Nap. And what we're looking to do is to play on any winless team that's playing with a week of rest in the NFL from game six on out. It's just that simple. These winless teams that start out the football season 0-5 or worse that have a week of rest to come back, they come back with a vengeance, especially to the spread. Since 1980, these teams are 18-2-1 against the spread. That's a whopping 90% winning angle for these power nap plays. Our power nap play this week, get the clothespin out. We'll play the Cleveland Browns plus the points over the Cincinnati Bengals for our awesome angle play of the week on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his top complimentary call. Victor had a nice winning call last week with Denver and Jacksonville under 2-0 two weeks ago. See if he can keep his winning run going here. And Victor, also, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend. You know, during our NFL segment, I touched on the fact that there's going to be more unders and overs this, this week. The fact that there are so many games in which the road team is favored that I'm having a hard time finding an over, but there's one game in the NFL on Sunday, just one in which we will be going over the total. It's going to be our four-star game of the week. And that game, our four-star over will be up on the playbook.com website on Friday. We mentioned the hot totals tip sheet. Don't forget the playbook newsletter. Don't forget the midweek alert. Everything also available or at the playbook superstore.com website. Also, and uh, you mentioned Speedy will bring man's fr- a best friend in again this week. He delivered with the Broncos under last week. And here's a little companion play with your suggestion on the Cleveland Browns. And that is going under in the Cleveland-Cincinnati game. 
Again, this is another one of those that we touched on in the NFL segment in which you want to lock your unders in early in games that will be at cold weather sites. We got snow in the forecast in northeastern Ohio. We got high winds 15 miles per hour or more in Believe Land. And again, this is a game in which the line will probably do, do nothing but go down. So let's lock it in now at 43 while we can. This is a series that has gone one and four over under in the last five meetings with an average of only 37.2 points per game. And yes, both teams played each other earlier this season. And that game, in fact, did go over the total. That's okay. That's actually a good sign. You know, by now, sharp totals players know that in uh, division games, you know, the games in which you play that opponent twice each season, you always want to go opposite of the over-under result of the first game. If the first game goes under the total, you want to look to go over the total in the second game, and that has come in at, at a 55% rate over the last four seasons. But even better, when the first game of a series goes over the total, the second game goes under the total 64% of the time, again, over the last four seasons. And that applies to the Browns-Bengals game this week. And uh, again, I mentioned the fact that the road team is favored. And yeah, Cincinnati's laying a lot in this game, almost a full touchdown. Since the beginning of October, NFL road favorites have gone one and nine over under when the over under line is 48 or less points. So we're going low in Believe Land. Bengals, Browns under the total. And Mark, don't forget our four star over of the week in the NFL. And from what I understand, you got a pretty big one in the NFL too on Sunday. I do, Victor. Victor's going to go under the total in the Cleveland-Cincinnati game for his complimentary call. And be sure to get your hands on that totals tip sheet this week. The totals tip sheet on a major winning run sweeps each of the last two weeks. That and Victor's big play all available online at playbook.com. And as you mentioned, Victor, here, I've got a big NFL game of the week going on tap this week. We've done really well with our big plays this football season. And, in fact, if you go back and you look at the last 10 weeks uh, in the national football or in both College and National Football League games were on a nice 9-2 and two winning run on our big plays the last 10 weeks. Our NFL Game of the Week will go Sunday. It's part of a half-price $50 Fan Appreciation Week of Winners. Every NFL football selection play I make this weekend through the Monday night game, including the NFL Game of the Month, all yours for just $50 complete. You can get it online now at playbook.com or Call my office toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. And while you're online at playbook.com, be sure to download your copy or at least get your reservation in now for the College Football Bowl Stat Report. This publication will be available next Wednesday. Get your copy. Reserve it now, the College Football Bowl Stat Report. And if you like stats and facts like we share with you on the show, how about these two beauties that will be in the College Football Bowl Stat Report? There's a favorite in the College Football Bowl games this year that went up against six other bowl teams this year, lost all six games straight up, was out-yarded eight times in their last eight football games coming into the bowl game, yet they're a touchdown favorite in a bowl game. There's another favorite in a bowl game this year that has been out-yarded almost 200 yards a game against other fellow bowl teams and has been out-yarded each of the last seven football games in a row heading into the bowl games. Stats and facts like this are all available inside the college football 
Bowl Stat Report. Get your copy today online at playbook.com or call the office toll-free to reserve your copy. Get your copy ordered today, the College Football Bowl Stat Report. Call 1-800-PLAYBOOK. That's 1-800-752-9266. And with that, my complimentary call on the football card this week in the National Football League side of things, I'm going to go with Steve Crabb's most embarrassed team in the National Football League this year from the Texas Tornado. I'm going to back the New York Jets plus the points against San Francisco. They are indeed red-faced embarrassed are the New York Jets this particular week here after that humiliating loss on Monday Night Football. Everybody remembers what they saw last. If a team wins impressively, they want to get back behind them the next game. If they lose horribly, they want to fade them. That'll be the case with everybody wanting to fade the New York Jets this particular week. And I'm going to remind you that the last seven times that San Francisco has been favored in a football game, They've lost the money all seven times. This team was favored at Chicago, if you can believe it, and lost the football game. They're 0-2 laying points this year. I think they complete the hat trick on Sunday. I'll play the New York Jets plus the points against San Francisco for my complimentary play in the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and for our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.